Welcome to The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Trevor Lovell, a pastor from our Near North location. Throughout this season, we wanted to create something consistent that would help add even a little sense of rhythm to life. And so to do that, we created The Daily Cut, where we're posting a short devotional every day. And so we hope you'll join us and we'll enjoy listening. This is The Daily Cut, and I'm Trevor Lovell. All right, it's good to be with you all. Happy Monday, uh, or happy whatever day you happen to be listening to this. Once again, I hope you're faring well in this season, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the series last week. A good word for me. I know I enjoyed those a lot, just getting a chance to hear a little bit more about what this season uh, has been like for the different people who shared and kind of how God's working in their lives through different passages of scripture. So hope you enjoyed that as well. Uh, but also we have something new that we're jumping into this week that I personally am super excited about. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun and uh, and really helpful for a lot of us too. And this is what we're doing. Uh, we're gonna be going through the story of Joseph from the book of Genesis, which is one of the most incredible stories that we have in the entirety of the Bible. And it's pretty cool that we get to see Joseph's life from beginning to end, which if you, if you really think about it, there's not actually that many people in the Bible that you get to uh, see kind of from start to finish their entire life. Um, and so, I mean, Joseph's story, if you're familiar with it, where it's, he's this person who goes from kind of decent circumstances and then basically is plunged into chaos uh, just from one thing after another after another. And so I think with the season that we're in in particular, I think this is a story that we'll be able to draw a lot from. And so we're going to be telling the story in its entirety throughout the week, uh, but we're just going to tell one piece of it at a, uh, at a time each day and then highlight and pull some things out of that. So, so I can't wait. It's going to be a great week. And uh, I have the privilege of starting off the series of beginning the story for us with Genesis chapter 37. And this is how we're going to do it. I'll tell the story kind of interspersing my telling of it with actual quotes from chapter 37, uh, from different parts of the passage there. And then, uh, and when we get to the end, we'll kind of stop and discuss a little bit of, um, how this could apply to us in, in the season that we're in. So that's where we're going. All right. So go ahead, open up your Bibles to Genesis 37. Uh, if you're able to, if your hands are too busy washing dishes or driving the car, uh, then, then just listen along, but let's dive in together. Genesis chapter 37. Uh, We'll start at verse two. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Billah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a robe of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. So this is our beginning. Joseph is almost the youngest. He has one younger brother. uh, But what what that means is that he also has 10 older brothers who are also larger uh, and stronger than him, right? And the thing is, these older, larger, stronger brothers, all 10 of them, they hate Joseph, Right? They hate him, and not just because he told on them that he brought a bad report about them uh, to their father, that he snitched on them, but also because of this jealousy that we see in the story. Right? They have different mothers, all the brothers, but they all share the same father, Jacob. And Jacob clearly loves Joseph more than all of the rest. The coat of many colors that he gives to Joseph being just one example of the special affection that he that he holds for him. 
And so this creates this tension between Joseph and the rest of his brothers, in particular the older ones, that kind of spurs on this hatred that the older brothers harbor in their hearts for him because of their jealousy, because they're jealous of him. And that continues to grow throughout the beginning of the story here. And honestly, Joseph doesn't help it, right? Because what happens next is Joseph has some dreams and he goes on to share the content of these dreams with his family, right? And the first one is that he and his brothers were binding sheaves in the field, right? Stalks, stalks of tall grain that had been cut and tied together. And Joseph's sheaf stood up in the dream and it was standing upright and the sheaves of his brothers gathered around his and they bowed down to it, right? And so he tells, like salt in the wound, he tells his older brothers this dream, right? The ones that hate him, he tells them the essence of this dream that one day they're gonna bow down to him. And, and that's just the first dream because he has another and he tells them about that one too. And the second dream goes like this. He, he dreams that the sun and the moon and 11 stars bow down to him. That's what happens in the dream. They, they bow down to him, the sun and the moon being his father and mother and the 11 stars being his brothers, right? And, and so what happens as a result of him telling him, telling their brothers, you know, these dreams is that the hatred and the jealousy of his older brothers, it just continues to fester until eventually it reaches a breaking point. Because there comes a day when these older brothers are out tending the sheep, right? They're doing their shepherding work with um, with the flock, and they're a little ways away from home. Uh, they're in Shechem, and Jacob wants to know how they're doing, the father. And so for some reason, he decides to send Joseph to check on them. I don't know if he just doesn't know what's going on within his family, he just doesn't uh, actually think that... He, he underestimates the hatred of the older brothers, but for whatever reason, he decides to send Joseph. And so Joseph goes out into the wilderness all by himself alone to this collection of brothers who hate him. And you can feel what's about to happen as you're reading the story. You can tell that it's not going to be good. But then Joseph gets to Shechem where his brothers are supposed to be and they're not there. They're, they're not there. They took the sheep somewhere else and, and Joseph doesn't know where. And you, you can kind of like breathe this sigh of relief at that moment. You can feel this tension building. And then all of a sudden it just gets let out because it's like, okay, the brothers aren't there. He's not going to find them in the wilderness. They're not going to get him all alone with no one else around. Okay. So things are going to turn out better. And, you know, Joseph's looking around and he's about to turn back home because he doesn't know where else to go. When all of a sudden this random guy, who doesn't even get a name in the story. You don't know anything about him. Just this man who happens to be in the field. He comes up to Joseph while Joseph is wandering around. And this is what happens. This is what it says, verses 15, 16, and 17. And a man found him wandering in the fields. And the man asked him, what are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me please where they are pasturing the flock. And the man said, they have gone away. For I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. And, and you think if only that guy hadn't been there, right? If only, if only he hadn't overheard the brothers. And it does make you kind of pause and consider who was this man that happened to be there at the perfect time, overheard the perfect thing that steps in and tells Joseph exactly what he needs to hear to find his brothers. It makes you pause and consider the role providence plays in Joseph's story and really in all of our stories. Right? But, but this is what happens next, right? 
Joseph's brothers, they see him coming and immediately they start forming plans to kill him, right? to murder him, to put an end to this annoying little brother because this is the perfect opportunity. They're in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody around, right? Even if he screams, there's nobody to help. They can kill him now. They can toss his body into a pit and nobody's gonna find it. And they'll just tell everybody an animal got him, right? A lion or a bear must have got to him. And so they do that, right? Actually, what happens is all the brothers are on board with this. They're all about to take him and murder him, except for one, Reuben, who is the oldest, right? And he's, he's got some hesitation around this. He's actually trying to, he's trying to make sure not only do they not murder him, he's trying to figure a way to get Joseph out of this, but he doesn't know what to do because he's the only one who doesn't want to kill him. And so he's trying to hide his hesitation and to buy time. He basically says, let's just not kill him right away. Let's throw him into this pit and then we'll figure out what to do. We'll figure out what we'll do with him. He's trying to buy time to figure out a way to save Joseph. And so they do that. They take Joseph, they rough him up a little bit. They tear off his pretty coat and they toss him into a pit. And then they sit down and they have lunch. And while their brother's in this pit and they're discussing, you know, what do they do? Do they kill him? Do they not kill him? What do they do with him? They just sit there and they eat lunch. And while they're eating, it seems like Reuben has left, right? The brother that's trying to save him. Because what happens next is a caravan comes by and they have all these goods that they're traveling down to Egypt to sell. And so Judah, one of the brothers says to the rest of them, what profit do we gain by killing our own brother and hiding it? It's not good for us to lay hands on our own flesh, to kill our own brother. So how about we just sell him to this caravan? Right, that way his blood isn't on our hands. That way it's not our own hands that are killing him. So let's just sell him. And so while Reuben's gone, they pull Joseph up out of the pit. They take him to the caravan that just happened to pass by while Reuben was gone and they sell him. Right, they sell their brother. And just like that, Joseph is gone, plunged into chaos. And when Reuben comes back and he finds out what happened, he kind of freaks out. He tears his robe. He's mourning. He's frustrated. He's trying to figure out what to do. And collectively together, these brothers, they decide that their only course of action is that they have to lie. They have to stick to the lie that they had dreamed up in the first place. And so they take his coat and they rip it and they kind of tear it into pieces and they dip it in some blood. And then when they get back home, they show the coat to their father and they say that Joseph must have been killed by an animal. Whether it was a bear or a lion, some kind of fierce animal must have got a hold of him while he was alone. And Jacob, Joseph's father, mourns the loss of his son, of his favorite son. And it says there at the end of the chapter, it says that he refuses to be comforted. He refused to be comforted. He was in so much mourning over the loss of his son. And so if we just recap what happened to Joseph throughout this story, Right, through, through just this chapter, just this one piece of his story, his own flesh and blood, his brothers, sell him into slavery. The father who loves him now thinks he's dead and he's on his way to a foreign land as a piece of property. And it seems like the dreams that he had, the dreams that he had for his life, both the actual ones that he had and the ones that those must have spurred on for him, right, they just seem like far-fetched fairy tales now as he is plunged further and further into chaos because his life just blew up into pieces. 
And the point for us is that sometimes we too end up in a place where our dreams for the future, that they're kind of just blown up into pieces. That the dreams that we have for our lives, they have to die. We go through a sudden change of circumstances. Life takes an unexpected turn and we find our plans blown to pieces and ourselves plunged into chaos. We find ourselves in situations, something like Joseph's here. And really the question for us in a season like that are twofold. And they're the same questions that are raised in Joseph's story. And the first is, with everything that's happened, is God still with us? Is God still with Joseph here in the story? And is God still with us now? And then the second question is, how are we going to respond? How are we going to handle it when our lives are suddenly and drastically changed forever? Throughout this week, we're going to explore the rest of the story. And we get answers to these questions in Joseph's account. But the thing is, right? the difference is that in our own lives, we can't rush to the ending so quickly. We can't just flip a few pages or wait a few days and, and just figure out what happens. These questions are something we have to wrestle with regularly. Right? With what we're going through, is our God with us? Is he with us? And how will we respond to the challenges that life throws at us? And so I just want to ask the question, how are you responding to the season that we're in? How are you responding to what we're going through? And do you know that God is with you? The chapter closes with this line in verse 38. It says this, Meanwhile, the Midianites, the ones who were driving the caravan, had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. Joseph has lost everything. His dreams are dead and they are buried. And now as we move into the next chapter of his life, as he struggles even to survive in Egypt, the question is, is God still with him? Is God still with him? And how will he respond? So I hope you'll tune in tomorrow to hear what happens next. Thanks for listening today. I hope you're doing well. We'll be back tomorrow with another short devotional as we continue our series through the life of Joseph. So stay tuned.